Ever wonder what motivates people to get plastic surgery? Did they regret it? What can we learn from the weird and wild things that happen at our plastic surgery clinic? We're going to tell some stories, get some laughs, and learn on... Clinic Talk with Sabrina Sajan. On the Plastic Surgeon Podcast. Hello, my friends. I'm Dr. Javad Sajan, and of course, I'm here with my lovely wife and CEO of Allure Aesthetics, Sabrina Sajan. Welcome back, and thanks for listening. Please rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts to support the channel. On Clinic Talk, we tell real stories of fun, strange, hopeful, and educational things that happen at our clinic from day to day. Yep, we get a lot of weird and hilarious happenings at the clinic. You can find the clinic at AlluraAesthetic.com for more information. So, Janu, what clinic story are we starting with today? I had an amazing patient, one of my first patients that I ever did surgery on. He paid for surgery for his girlfriend, and I actually happened to see him one time when I was skiing, just a weird fluke. So uh, he was a really cool patient. Family is in the field. And um, he came with his girlfriend for a consult. It was one of my very first surgeries, and it was a normal thing, you know? And... um, so we did the console. She ended up getting a breast augmentation, nothing, nothing out of the ordinary. And then one day I'm skiing in Crystal Mountain and he comes up to me, sees me randomly. He's like, hey, doc, what's going on? I'm like, hey, what's up? And he's with some other lady front person. You know, I never say any HIPAA protective stuff. I never said her name or anything. He's like, hey, um, and she's across the, the hill on the other side. And he's like, hey, doc, I want to ask you something. I'm like, what? He's like, can you take out the implants that I paid for on my ex-girlfriend? What? Yes. He's like, you know, we're not together anymore and I paid for those implants, so those are my implants. <laughs> That's funny. And, and this person's family is in medicine. Um, the dad is in medicine, that's all I can say. And I, I look at him, I'm like, did you just say that? I'm like, and I know and I had all my ski gear on, so I thought maybe I misheard. I'm like, hey, um, can you say that one more time? And he's like, yeah. Take out her implants. I paid for them. Um, I'm like, I can't do that. How do you expect me to do that? He's like, well, this is what you're going to do. I'll tell her that she's going to get bigger implants because she's been asking for those. I'll bring her in. I'll pay you double. And you just take them out and we're done. <laughs> I was like, my, my, my friend, that's wrong on so many levels. I can't even tell you. And he's like, well, they're my implants. I paid for them. He kept saying that over and over again. And I kindly um, told him, you know, this is a one-way road. I, you know, it's unethical. It's strange. It's weird. It's, it would be considered so many, it would be considered wrong on so many levels. I can't even get into it. There's no way we're taking the implants out without her consent or her wanting it. That's crazy. It was, un, it was unbelievable. Um, and I couldn't even imagine he wanted that. I'm like, you know, you got some other problems, bro. You got to go figure that stuff out before coming talking to me. You probably want to remove them from the old one and put them in the new one. I'm surprised he didn't ask for that. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> We've heard about those ones too. <laughs> so what happened in clinic this week? I heard that you talked to someone or no, the receptionist talked to someone and said hi and she got the wrong name. What was going on? Yes. Um, so, you know, along the same lines as the story that you're talking about, um, we get this, um, this guy that comes in and um, he says that, oh, um, Checks in at the front desk. He's here with another lady um, to first breast augmentation surgery. 
And um, the receptionist, of course, recognizes him because she's seen him there before. Um, and she says, hey, um, we're just going to use the generic name. Like, hey, John, how are you? Um, and he said, oh, I'm good. How are you? And, you know, he, he's really super nice and everything. And he's like, oh, how's it going? Um, and then she's about to say, like, how's it going with, you know. Yeah, yeah her name. Her name. And then he just like quickly turns around and he said, oh, let's grab a bo water bottle. Let's go this way. And he like redirects the person that he's there with so that she can move out of the way. Um, while she's getting the water bottle, he um, basically indirectly shows his eyes to the receptionist, giving her an impression that that's not the same one. What? So he's there for a consult? With no, some he's there for a breast augmentation surgery as a caregiver for a woman. Oh, and this is a different woman than the another woman he was there with. Yes, yeah, six months ago. And what? So is he like a caregiver who just <laughs> provides care for people or what? So I'm not sure what the situation is, but basically the front desk saw this person six months ago as a caregiver for a surgical patient for a breast augmentation. His girlfriend. or His girlfriend. And now he's back again six months later for another breast augmentation as a caregiver, but it's a different individual. And is he paying for these people's breast dogs? Correct. Um, so he just shows his eyes at the front desk, you know, giving the front desk the impression that, no, that's not the one. Like, don't say anything. He's like, no. Uh, so, you know, of course, we're not going to say anyone's name or anything. The, you know, front desk asshole acts normal and says, oh, hi, I'll check you in, get them all checked in. And then he lets the front desk know that he'll talk to us or the girls at the front desk after he gets her checked in um, so that he gets the you know patient checked in um, for surgery. And then the, pa the nurse takes the patient back um, for the rest augmentation surgery. Mm -hmm. And um, then he comes back to the front desk when he's leaving. And then he basically tells the front desk that he's with a new person. And once again, he's paying for a breast augmentation surgery for a new girl. Um, and he's not with the old one anymore. Um, but the new one doesn't know. And he's been he's still been coming to the post ops of the old one. What? Yes. Th that's wild. Now, now, he's not my patient. I can say yeah. that, right? Maybe with the other doctor who works with us. So um, and then I heard that there's more. This has happened to the same uh, gentleman before. Yes, this was the third time. So he's paid for three women's breast augmentation. Correct. At the same facility with the same surgeon and at the same office. And does he come to all of their post-ops? <laughs> he comes to a lot of them. That's, un that's so... That's unbelievable. I have no words for that. <laughs> <laughs> that's unbelievable. It's just really a funny story. And, you know, he's, he's, I mean, he's proud about it. He's, you know... He's a really cool person, and um, he doesn't regret any of them at all. And he's he's like, yeah, I, I paid for them. So he's not asking to get them removed like my patient. No, not at all. <laughs> he's helping the business. All right, guys, we've got to give a public service announcement. If you pay for somebody's breast dog, you can't forcefully pay them to remove it. Yes. And we, has, we had also another situation, um, similar um, kind of situation. Um, this has also happened with another doctor at our facility. Um, the patient, a woman, um, came with a guy to her consultation, mm -hmm. um, super excited for the consultation, waited many months for it. Also breast augmentation. Mm -hmm. Um, the person that she was with, the guy he paid, uh, they booked for surgery. He paid 50% of the, um, surgery mm -hmm. with mm -hmm. his card. Yeah. 
Um, and then, of course, when someone- Wait, this was the one that everyone said looked weird, right? Yes. Like she was disconnected from him. She was in her 20s ish and he was like in his late 60s, early yes, 70s. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and um, it was just the whole couple just looked a little really off. Um, and so he pays for 50% of surgery and then he says, oh, she'll pay for the rest. Mm -hmm. Um, everything goes fine. And then, um, uh, his card's on file and everything. And then he calls like a week before the surgery is supposed to happen. And he says, I want my money back. For, for the deposit? Yes. And we said, oh, sir, um, you signed your, you know, financial policies form, um, you know, and you agree that you will be paying for this patient's surgery mm -hmm. um you signed it you were there at the consultation he's like yeah i did but i'm not with her anymore and then so then you know the person on the phone's asking him oh um so you're with him or you're not because at the consultation you told us that you were with her he's like yeah oh i just met her three weeks ago and i was helping her out oh man that's a lot of help <laughs> and he said that yeah i was just helping her out but she's not with me anymore and i want my money back She's, she should pay for her. Um, she should just pay for the surgery. I'm not going to pay for it anymore. Mm. So there was. I wonder if she made him sign a refund policy. <laughs> <laughs> so then, um, you know, he went back and forth and um, basically because he only had the, the procedure was only paid for 50%. Um, the individual, the girl, she didn't have any money to pay for the rest of the procedure. So unfortunately, we did have to cancel um, the procedure and, uh, you know, give the money back to this individual um, because he refused that he was, you know, was with her and he wanted his money back. He had only met her a few weeks ago and he were just helping her out. Now, now from what I heard, there was a whole issue about his refund, right? Because he signed, he paid the non-refundable deposit. Then correct. He ended up disputing it with the credit card company. It was this whole episode, right? <laughs> yes, correct. So you paid a non-refundable deposit, which means that once you book for surgery, that's non-refundable. You're more than welcome to reschedule to another date, but you won't get that. You don't get that money back. And, you know, we told that to him. He signed off on all the forms and the policies. And he, you know, called us back and forth and whatnot. And then, um, yeah, eventually disputed it with the credit card company because we wouldn't give his money back. And then we have to work it out through that whole process. Yes, we worked it out with the credit card company and, you know, provided whatever they needed um, with his consent. And then, yeah. That's, that's wild. I, I, had, I had another one um, a few weeks ago. This was a good story. I like this story, actually. So I had, a, I had a woman come. She had five kids with a gentleman. And they're done having kids. And now she's in like in her, you know, fourth decade of life and she's getting her mommy makeover. Oh. So she came in, she was getting a BBL, tummy tuck, breast dog, all three together. It was, it was a big surgery, worked out maybe around um, $30,000 or something like that. Um, she was getting all that stuff done and a lot of lipo. So basically she comes and books surgery. And during the consult, I remember the guy was being like, it was this. Seemed a little bit sleazy. He would always make comments to our staff like, hey, you look good. Or he, I remember he told one of our medical assistants, can, and this is, I'm quoting his words. These are not my words. He's like, oh, I want, and this not, and I, have, I don't do surgery on my employees, but he told the medical assistant, can my, can my wife get those kinds of breasts? And he didn't use the word breasts. He used the word quote unquote titties. He's like, can you give her those titties? He told the medical assistant that. Wow. So very pervasive, very weird. And so basically, um, she, you know, she came for the consult and then she was there for a pre-op and she actually broke down and started crying. And she, uh, she told the pre-op coordinator that 
you know, I'm so happy I'm finally getting this done and uh, I can finally have my body back and I feel so bad with what I have. And, and then our pre-op coordinator asks her, like, you know, it's, I'm, I'm happy for you, but Dr. Sotten's going to take great care of you. And she's like, yeah, my husband's been cheating on me this whole time. Oh. And he's cheating on me because he tells me I don't look how I used to. Mm. And he just doesn't, he doesn't want to look at me anymore. Mm. And he doesn't find me attractive. And she gave him five kids. Nice woman. So, and you know, we're obviously kind and supportive. There's nothing, you know, nothing more we can do. And mm -hmm. I, I did her surgery. It went amazing. It was a wild success. And she, you know, and I knew the whole story. My pre-op coordinator told me. So she, you know, he came to a lot of her post-ops, but uh, right around three months-ish, when she comes for a three-month post-op, she's, she's there. And I asked her, how are things going uh, with your husband? Because I know, I, I know you guys went through some things. Um, and she tells me, oh, I left him. I had him pay for my surgery and I'm done now. <laughs> That's a good twist to the story. Yeah, exactly. You know, he, he took... <laughs> You know, I think cheating is absolutely unacceptable. And um, I feel good that she got a win. You know, <laughs> some people might not agree, but you know what? That woman gave that guy a lot of years. You know, they had five kids together. She seemed like a nice person. And for him to say a comment like that is just unacceptable. You know, when we do plastic surgery, the goal is to help people achieve their vision of themselves in the most safe way possible. But for, our, you know, someone who is your loved one to, make comments like that it's just inappropriate wouldn't you say so yeah make someone feel down like that and you know kind of stomp on their self-esteem is really sad exactly and you know i, I know everybody knows this but we're all going to grow old we're all not going to look how we did today tomorrow mm -hmm. and things are going to sag things are going to fall and we're going to get fullness and you know lumps where we don't want lumps and we'll get divots where we don't want divots you know that's a part of life and you have mm -hmm. to live with that and you have to be with it when you come for surgery Sure, we can make things tighter and, and fuller, bigger in the right places, smaller in the right places. But you're never going to change how somebody else feels. And I tell all my patients this. And I, I remember at the pre-op when the coordinator called me, I, I talked to this patient. I wanted to make sure motivations were right. I told her very clearly. I said, I will do the surgery for you because you want it. I will not do the surgery if you want me to change how he thinks. Mm -hmm. Because if this person thinks about you like this now and he's being, picking you apart, even after your surgery, he's going to find something else. Yeah, and then he'll find something else. So if this is your reason, we, don't, we shouldn't go forward. Take your money back. Have a nice life. It's okay. Come back in the future. And she was like, no, I am doing this for me. I was like, okay, I'll help you. Um, and, and that's such an important thing. You know, the goals, the motivations, the ambitions. Never do anything like change your body for somebody else because they will just find something else to pick on if they're pushing you to do it. Don't you think so? Yes, definitely. So that's my soapbox for for this, <laughs> this podcast. Um, so moving on. So many of you guys know, um, I my family used to own gas used to own gas stations no more, and this is going to tie into this for in a minute. So at the gas station that we own, we, when we first bought them, you know, in the '90s, my family owned quite a few of them. All the candy bars used to be outside, so people can buy, pick the candy bar, and pay for it. However. There was too much shoplifting. And, all, and at all the stores, we moved the candy bars behind the counter mm -hmm. so people wouldn't steal candy bars, right? Make sense? Yeah, they would have to ask for them and then you would give it to them. Yes, and that means you would sell less candy bars, but at least no one's stealing them. <laughs> so unfortunately, I, uh, John, I heard we had to do the same thing at, at Allure. Tell me what's going on. 
Yes, we did have to do this very similar situation at Allure. Um, so we, like many of you know, before COVID happened, we used to have fresh baked cookies every morning um, in our lobby. And we used to replenish, replenish them throughout the day. So we'd be making cookies all throughout the day and we were replenishing them. Um, we used to have glass um, sparkling water, uh, Voss water bottles. Um, and we also used to have Nespresso. Um, so we used to have all the different flavors of Nespresso pods out there. And, you know, the guests and patients would be able to grab cookies for themselves, grab maybe, you know, they wanted some sparkling water. Um, and they would also have the ability to make themselves, um, you know, whatever Nespresso um, that they wanted. Um, and, you know, I... I don't usually um, look at the, I mean, I, I do look at all the orders, but mm-hmm. once in a while I'll audit the orders um, mm-hmm. that, you know, the, our team is placing. And, and guys, we, we were giving away so many snacks that we had to go, we used to buy them from Amazon, like Voss water, that we had to go direct with Pepsi who owns Voss because the Amazon couldn't keep up with our orders. We were hitting all the quantity limits, right? Yes. I didn't even know Amazon had limits on how much Voss you can order. Yeah. So you can only order 10 at once. Uh, we had to keep placing multiple 10, 10, 10 orders. So eventually we ended up just um, going directly to the manufacturer, which is Pepsi, um, and doing bulk orders through them. Um, and so the Pepsi guy was like, is this for your lobby? We're like, yes. He's like, I come here every week. I was like, yeah, that's how much we go through. Mm-hmm. And he was shocked to know the amount of water bottles and um, the amount of Pepsi. And even the cookies, we go, we buy them directly to Ot- from Otis Spunkmeyer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and we buy l- huge bags of 250 cookies um, every almost every week um, for each of our locations. So that's how many cookies we used to go through as well. Um, back to the story. Um, so we used to have all of those amenities available to our patients and guests when they came to, uh, you know, our facility. And, you know, I was just auditing the orders one day, uh, I had some free times. So I was auditing the orders and I, you know, I was looking down my list for month by month and I kept seeing the Nespresso and the Pepsi orders and all of these going up every week. And I'm just wondering what's going on. Mm-hmm, and I'm mm-hmm. like, I asked the front desk, I'm like, do you guys know what's been going on? Um, I asked, you know, the team that, you know, kind of handles the lobby area. And I was like, do you know what's been going on? The- was, was there more patient flow? Or the numbers were about the same because their schedule is pretty full. All the yeah, time. the numbers were pretty much the same. Um, and for some reason, the number, the the amounts kept going up every every week, almost every month. Uh, so like, same number of patients, but more snack usage. Correct. Amenity. Yeah. Yes. More snack usage, more Nespresso pods being used, and more water bottles being ordered. Um, there was one time that we even, I remember we ordered, you know, just the amount of same water we ran out, and we had to run to Fred Meyer to grab more because the order hadn't kept up with what we needed. Yeah. And, and guys, let me tell you something. One thing we've learned about offering amenities. So when you offer them, you can't stop them or people will protest literally and they'll get upset and they'll use unpleasantries with the front desk. Yes. So if there's a shortage, we'll go buy retail and bring it in. Yeah. And I'll, I'll, I'll talk about that in a second as well. Um, but um, so the you know, numbers kept going up and you know, I, I asked the front desk and I said, you know, what's been going on? The, I see the Nespresso orders are going up. The cookie orders are going up. The water bottles are being ordered more. And the, the girls in the front are like, yeah, people are stealing them. And I said, what do you mean? And she's like, well, we started giving, you know, snack bags. And we also, we, you know, we give snack bags to patients mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. after their surgery. Um, so it's a nice Allure bag and it has a few snacks in there for surgical patients. 
And then that bag is handed to the caregivers. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The caregiver then waits either in the lobby or one of our consultation rooms until the patient is ready for discharge. So I said, what do you mean by that? And then so the, one of the front desk girls explained it to me. She said, well, just like yesterday, there was a, a caregiver that was waiting in the lobby with two bags in her hand. One was a snack bag that was given by the nurse. And then one was a post-op care bag, such as we give a lot of our patients like ABD pads and gauze mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. like all of these things that they can take home to take care of the patient. And we only use Allure branded reusable bags, guys. Correct. Um, there are lower branded reusable bags. Um, None so of those plastic killing white dolphin bags. No. no. <laughs> so the caregiver is waiting. She's, the front desk is explaining to me, the caregiver is waiting in the lobby. And all of a sudden we hear like a thump, like something fell on the floor. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the front desk just gets up and slightly like, you know, t- tilts her head. And she's, you know, kind of looking at the caregiver like, what's going on? Because in our lobby is slightly a little dark, so it's not too bright. Um, and she's looking and the, the caregiver doesn't know we're staring at, you know, we're looking at them and she's looking at them. And then basically what the caregiver does is the caregiver acts like they like tripped and they fell to the floor. They put their bag in the corner right next to the fr- refrigerator that we have in the lobby. And then they slightly open the door very quietly so we wouldn't hear. Uh-huh. And they literally put their entire hand inside the refrigerator and swipe all the water bottles into their bag. What? And our, and our cost is like $1.10 per bottle. Correct. And they literally swipe up, like swipers, you know, like yeah, swiper yeah. no swiping. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. From Dora. Yeah. Literally, they swipe up all the all the water bottles in the refrigerator into into the snack bag that we gave them. Oh, my God. And then, um, you know, of course, we don't say anything, you know, that that's that's them. They, and they thought that we didn't we didn't just see them do all of that. And they just very quietly just like, you know, close the door with their leg. And then they just act like nothing just happened. And they're just like standing in the, in the corner. And then, you know, the front girl, front, front desk girls are still like, you know, they're, they're thinking something's fishy, like they're going to do something else. Uh-huh. And they're just like watching them and, you know, seeing if they're going to do something. And they kind of t- tilt their head and they hear um, someone grabbing some Nespresso pods. What? And then they turn around and this individual is putting Nespresso pods in their bag as well. It wasn't full with the water bottles? They had two bags. They were filling them up. One for the snack bag and one for the dressings bag. Correct. If my mom was there, she would have taken it out of the bag. Like my mom at our gas stations, she would. So my mom's probably five foot one, 75 pounds, maybe 80 pounds now. Yeah. But she is at the gas, she used to help run all the gas stations. There would be these big guys that would steal something in, in the put, let's say they put a can of uh, Red Bull in their jacket. She would put her hand in their, po- in her po- in their pocket and take it out. They used to call her mama because she she had no fear. She would no been, fear, mama's here. Yeah. <laughs> That's so we just let them steal and leave. Yeah. So we 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 didn't want to you know tell you know tell them that we watched them do all of that. You know, it's pretty embarrassing. Um, and mm. yeah, no, if I if I was in the lobby, I would have taken the bag. I mean, you know, I grew up in the gas station, guy. That's what we do. Okay, don't get mad. <laughs> so you know, we just let it go, um, and then you know, it, in the front desk, you know, did bring that up to my attention. That so where, it, where was I when all this was happening? You were doing the surgery for the patient that the caregiver was stealing stuff in the lobby. <laughs> it's messed up. <laughs> and um, the front desk did tell me that you know the stealing of these items has increased because um, we're keeping them in the lobby, like 
they were refilling the Nespresso pods every day. And we put about 50 pods out there. Wow. Um, and That's on top of everything that we serve. Correct. Um, Because we we had teas and Nespresso pods. We had... Hot cocoa, um, apple cider, apple cider, yeah, the sugar-free one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, the the stealing of these amenities <laughs> was increasing day by day. So that eventually, just like the gas station, um, we had to bring the bring the items behind the counter. Yeah. So now when people come, um, uh, Sabrina made a really nice menu. We show them a menu, and we ask them, "What would you like?" And then or, or something like that, nice. Yeah. And then we um, our staff serve them. Correct. But right now we're really limited because of COVID. Yeah, right. So what, now. what amenities do we have right now? Yeah, and you, like you know, people were like you were explaining earlier how people were getting upset um, when COVID happened. You know, quite a bit of patients were really upset that we weren't serving cookies um, really? and we're not serving Nespresso. Um, there was this one patient I remember. Um, she had surgery right before COVID happened. So um, we had to see her a few times mm-hmm. um, to make sure she was doing okay. Um, so her caregiver, every single day that they came in, he asked if there were cookies. Oh, I remember this person. They're, they're the VIP. Yes. yes. If they had cookies and if they had Nespresso. And our patients were so um, excited about Nespresso like because we have all the kind of flavors that you can imagine yeah, we make those individual expensive pods for them. Yes, yeah. every every patient gets their used to get their own pod, and they were so patients were so excited about it. They would come and tell us or ask us that, oh, have you guys ordered the limited edition that just came out? Yes, I remember. And at that time, limited edition, uh, I can't remember, it was like cookie caramel or um, pumpkin spice or something like that. And they would literally come and say, oh, did you get the limited edition one yet? And because our patients are so excited about it, we would, you know, of course, place the order for the limited edition flavors. And uh, it was the whole thing. So yeah. this person who's the VIP, I got to say this. I re- now I remember this. She even, so she's a VIP, which means she came through our special program mm-hmm. for known people and stuff like that. But she was a little bit on the um, stingy side, I remember, because she used to ask for five, six pods for the road too. Because yes. she didn't want to order it herself. Yeah, so she would come in. She would drink one herself when she was there. Her caregiver would get one as well. And then she would ask the friend, um, could I have a few for my house? And then we were like, of course, sure, you can have some. And then she would tell us all the flavors that she wanted. And then we would make a little baggie for her and give it to her so she can have Because she had the machine at home, but she just didn't order the pods. Absolutely. Why, why order when we're here? We're happy to serve. <laughs> uh, it's really fun to do that. I and mean, we joke around, but we don't mind. Yeah, and it's it's just so funny that pe- patients really loved all these you know things, and we're trying our best to bring as much as back as possible with the restrictions that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, I I remember some people posted reviews that uh, Alor used to have these yummy cookies, and we're really sad they don't have any more. And I remember that one patient; they said why they picked oh, our practice. I couldn't believe this. This is this is un- and you guys can look at my Google reviews and read it. The patient literally wrote on the review they came for me to do life-changing, and this was a transgender patient, right? It's on the review, it's public. Gender-affirming, gender-changing surgery. Purely, they picked me out of everybody else purely because we had cookies in the lobby. Correct. They said that that was that made the difference for them was the fresh-baked cookies in the lobby. So what amenities do we have right now? Yeah, so right now, um, you know, we're serving... Um, closed drinks. Um, so they're all prepackaged closed drinks that are in our lobby. Um, we have Gatorade that we've added to our amenities. We have all the different kinds of Gatorades. Uh, we also have wasp water. 
Um, and then all, we also have all the different and new flavors of bubbly. Um, so that's a new thing that um, patients are liking. They're coming and saying, oh, do you have mango or do you have strawberry? Oh, that's cool. So that's been pretty cool. And then our front desk is serving every patient and every guest a Ferrero Rocher chocolate upon their entry. Are people liking the Ferrero Rocher? Yeah, I think they're liking it a lot. You know, they're, you know, packaged separately and we're using tongs and gloves to give them so patients feel safe um, and they're, they're able to take it home with them and eat it. Yeah, I saw those tongs. They have, they, they're metal tongs, but they, they have little hands at the end. Yeah, they, they have little hands at the end of the tongs. So I think patients are liking it. Yeah. And you know, one of the things is, we know me and you, Sabrina, John, we both love doing these things, right? Mm-hmm. And I was really thinking about it yesterday because, you know, we put together our topics for the podcast. Like, why do we, um, why do we like doing these things, right? Because they have a cost and it really, you know, we joke about that one patient coming to me for cookies. He was probably more than that. He was being a little bit funny, facetious, right? Writing that. Yeah. Um, but I was thinking about it. Why do we like doing these things, offering amenities, doing coffee, Nespresso, all this stuff, when we could be like everybody else and just not have anything and have people mm-hmm. go through and not spend the time and the money. Tell me why. Yeah, because I think, and you know, another thing is all these things take a lot of training with our staff. Um, it's more work, of course, for our staff. Um, but really, we really instill this in all of our team members that work here. And it's, um, you know, it's not that the money that they get here, um, it's not that um, this is the only job they have or anything like that. There's many other opportunities out there, I'm sure. Um, but it's really because they like to give that experience and change someone's life. Um, and I think it's more about the experience um, for me, especially. Um, you know, there's many other places patients can go. There's many other um, facilities that they can choose. And what sets you apart is you really want to do it from the heart. Um, and I think mm-hmm. I, for, at least for myself, um, and I'm sure for you too, um, we really, really like to give that experience to the patient. Um, and we do it like they were coming to our own house. So Exactly. And coming to our, we see our practice as an extension of our house, extension of our employees, as an extension of our family. Mm-hmm. And, we, and that's what we try to build for everybody. And for me, one of the reasons I really support all these ventures um, of snacks and amenities, and we can't wait for hopefully COVID to calm down or go away, whatever's going to happen to this nasty virus, um, terrible plague. Um, uh, to reoffer these is because I feel happy when I make others happy. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the main reasons I love doing plastic surgery. Because if I can add to somebody's life, if we can add to somebody's life, if we can contribute to them and they get fulfillment, they get joy and the ones around them do, I share in that. Mm-hmm. And that really motivates me to do more, be more. And I want to take our, I was actually buying, uh, John will tell you, I had a whole cappuccino machine on order pre-COVID. And we were going to make lattes, yes. cappuccinos. I know, Alex, you're going to like that. And we were, going to, we were going to have this whole setup with plumbing and everything. And I canceled the order because um, it was the money, the payment was due just when COVID struck. Yeah, I remember it was a whole setup like a Starbucks. Mm-hmm. And it, w- it made, yeah, it was, it was like it would make lattes and cappuccinos and all these different things. And we were so excited yeah. to tell the team that we were ordering this huge machine and we're probably going to hire a barista for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm cool with that. I like that. Uh, it, it's like a robotic barista. Uh, it's, it's like, so basically it grinds the coffee fresh and then it, you, you push buttons on it. It's sort of similar to the level that McDonald's has, how they make their drinks. Yeah. So, so like a level below Starbucks, but like Mickey D's level. Yeah. And it had a whole like milk system yeah. and steaming system and everything. So that, that was really exciting, but we had to cancel the order. 
yes, hopefully um, after COVID is controlled. Like we want to offer these right now, but the reason we're not is, you know, the virus is everywhere. We don't want, we, you know, there's no strict rule on it, I think, you know, mm -hmm. but it seems like based on the governor's recommendations that you have to minimize all these mm -hmm. touch points. So that's what we're trying to follow the rules the best we can. Yes, um, definitely. Um, and also going back to, um, you know, people stealing things, you could call it, I guess. Um, no, it's, it's theft. <laughs> Absolutely. Shoplifting. I'm going to get a shoplifting sign for the office like we had at the gas station. Shoplifters, you guys have seen those. Shoplifters will be prosecuted to the full extent of the law. Yeah, we need one of those. Um, and recently, um, it, it's been... Um, Really weird because, so we have our estheticians that provide, you know, services. What, what do estheticians do? Tell the fans. Uh, estheticians will do um, ultrasound massages for our surgical patients, which is the most common thing that they do. Um, they also do like laser hair removal, tattoo removal. Facials. Facials and things like that. Chemical peels. Correct. Um, so they do all those type of services and they have their own room. Um, and in their room, they have this huge clear cabinet where they keep all of their skincare. Um, so they keep all like their skincare items in there. They keep like their microneedlings um, equipment in there. They keep um, their chemical peel solutions in there. And recently, and and, and one more, I think they keep, we keep free samples in there because I mean it's a real product, but we let people try them. Yes, right? we yeah we we take a little bit out and then we'll give it to them to try. Um, so that way they don't, no one's touching any of it. Mm -hmm. Um, so that way they can try our products and see if they wanted to purchase them. But yeah, we, we give them the opportunity to do that as well. So we keep all of that in there. Um, and we have, you know, we have four estheticians now, um, and everyone has their assigned days that they, um, come to this office. And the on Monday, one of the estheticians says, oh, um, Sabrina, is it okay if I, um, if I check out a snail mucus and the Allure eye cream? Um, for my back bar. And I said, sure. Yeah. Um, she said, yeah, I think it's, it's missing. And I said, okay, yeah, no problem. So I, you know, give her one of the snail mucus um, jars and eye cream and, you know, she puts it in her back bar and she signs off on it that she got it. Um, and then um, two days later, another esthetician, a different esthetician comes to me like, Sabrina, the snail mucus and the eye cream is missing. And I said, hmm. are you sure? Did you look around? And she was like, yeah, I looked around. It's not there anymore. And I said, I'm sure I gave it to the other one on Monday. Um, I wonder, the same product. Same product. The snail mucus. Snail mucus. And I was like, I'm sure I gave it to um, the other esthetician on Monday. Are you sure it's missing? And she was like, yeah, I don't see it. And I'm like, okay. So I give her a, a snail, another snail mucus um, to put in the, her back bar so that they can use it and, you know, um, patients can try it. And then this is the beginning of her shift. And at the end of her shift, she said, Sabrina, the snail mucus is gone. And I said, are you sure the snail mucus is gone? And she was like, yeah, I'm 100% sure. I had used it on the patient and then I put it back in the back bar. Then what happens is the esthetician leaves the room so the patient can change back into their clothes or grab all their stuff. And she tells mm -hmm. them, like, I'll meet you at the front desk. So they're in the room for a few seconds. Well, not a few seconds, probably like a minute or two. Unsupervised. Unsupervised. And of mm. course, our cabinet is not locked or anything. It's it's there. I mean, it's closed. These are non-prescriptions, though. Just like Correct. samples and back bar yeah, stuff. Yeah, back okay. bar stuff and samples. The and back bar is like the creams that estheticians can use on the patients that come in bulk, right? Correct. Okay. They're, they're bigger jars and mm. bigger items, um, not the smaller versions that we sell. Um, so she, yeah, she so the patient checks out at the front desk. And the esthetician goes back in her room to clean her room because that was her last patient of the day. Mm -hmm. And she comes back running to me. She's like, the snail mucus is gone. The snail mucus is gone. I'm like, 
are you serious? This is the third steel mucus that I had to give you this week. Hmm. And she's like, I'm 100% sure I used it on the last patient and now it's gone. Hmm. And I'm like, wow. And then um, I'm like, okay, we, we, have to, we have to fix this problem because, you know, skincare is going missing and now who knows what else people are so going to start. Wait, wait, wait. The patient stole the snail mucus? Correct. So, the sample one from the back bar. Correct. So the esthetician was 100% sure. She said, I just had used it. I put it back in the cabinet. And when, while the patient was changing and checked out at the front desk, it was probably a minute after the esthetician checked the room and it was missing. That's wild. Yeah. Um, and then. Did you guys call the patient? Hey, did you accidentally put it in your purse? No, we didn't. Mm. Yeah. We knew who that, we know who that is. You want to, you don't want to make them feel embarrassed or anything. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, it is what it is. Maybe they really needed some mucus. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they need to hydrate their skin and they didn't have the money. Yeah. Well, you guys, you guys are, I'm very nice. I'm a very nice person, but I would have, I would have asked a question there. I'm like, Hey, um, did you accidentally think that? In that cabinet, that seal, that was yours. <laughs> um, but that, and then the funny part is the esthetician goes to clean the room and the cavi wipe box is missing too. What? So what are, tell people what cavi wipes are. I don't think they know. Yeah. So cavi wipes is like a more stronger version of like Clorox wipes basically that you would use to clean. It helps, it cleans like, um, removes all like diseases and virus and things like that. It's like a medical grade version yeah. of like Clorox wipes. And it's a pretty big box. It's like, it's yeah. like this big, ju- the jumbo size because we use it for our clinic. It's like the size of swoop, uh, swooper, swooper wipes come in. The swooper, swooper wipes, you know, right? The big box, the green box, something like that. Oh, the Swifter. Yeah, Swifter. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, a, it's, it's a, a big, big yeah, box. So it's a pretty big box. It's cylinder though. This one's like a cylinder white yeah. box and it's pretty big. And she's like, yeah, the cavity's missing. And I'm like, the cavity's missing? What do you mean? And she's like, I think the patient stole that too. Oh my God. Guys, that's surgical grade disinfectant. It even kills HIV. And um, it kills coronavirus too, most likely. I mean, I understand that right now Clorox wipes are on back order, but please don't steal our cavity. I know. We, it's so hard to get right now. when I mean, we use those things to also clean our surgical stuff. And mm-hmm. that's not very nice. Yeah. So she was, she was almost, I mean, she was 100% sure that that patient had stole the snail mucus and the box of cavity. Um, so then we had to put some more measures in place and, um, I actually put a lock on the, um, on every cabinet, on every cabinet in that room. And I told him to even hide the cavity white box. You need to put a sticky note. Do not schedule on the patient's chart. (laughs) I think they, they'll probably hear this podcast and not do it next time. Kindly, please don't steal our products. Thanks for listening to clinic talk on the plastic surgeon podcast. It's been fun. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts to support the channel and to hear more great content. Tune in next time for more Clinic Talk. We have more great stories coming your way. For my live surgeries on Snapchat and adventures throughout the week, catch us on all social media at Real Doctor Seattle. See you next time. Bye. Bam what? <laughs>